On this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing, Beth and I interview Tom Benedict, who is the VP of Purchasing at Wayne Homes. Wayne Homes builds over 500 homes a year, and Tom shares some great insights around what manufacturers need to do to get their foot in the door with a builder of that size. Tom's been in the business for over 20 years, and he's got some great nuggets of information, and we're excited to bring him on the podcast. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I am Zach Williams alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikoloff, and we have an awesome guest for you today. We have Tom Benedict, who is the VP of Purchasing at Wayne Homes, a builder based out of Akron, Ohio. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Tom, for our listeners today, maybe you can just give us a little bit of background on your role at Wayne Homes and what you specifically do. Yes. With Wayne Homes, Vice President Purchasing is a little bit different than a lot of builders. We actually push our purchasing of most trades and suppliers down to our construction department so they can manage the relationships and keep that under control. What we do at my level is actually relationships mostly with manufacturers or some of our larger suppliers. I uh, work with them on product, on pricing. Where I interact with manufacturers is this uh, starting and maintaining relationships. So we're getting the best service, best product, and best pricing for those manufacturers. So Tom, are you also then balancing both the relationships that you have with manufacturers as well as the relationships that your contractors and builders have with manufacturers? Yes. And that's part of it because different manufacturers approach it differently. Some of them really like the tight relationship with builders. Some uh, under traditional methods back away from that and work through supply um, chain to, for that relationship. So we're always struggling with that. And some suppliers don't necessarily like the relationship with the builder direct with manufacturer because they feel they're left out of some of the things. So it's tough to make sure that the whole supply chain stays in the loop when the manufacturer is working directly with the builder. You're saying really good stuff. I want us to go back to the beginning if we can. Let's just take a couple steps back and start with what does the product selection process look like for products that go into homes that Wayne Homes builds? Yeah, if we did do a product uh, review, what we do, we uh, don't do on a regular basis, but if it looks like we might have an opportunity to use a new product that'll help us in some way, we'll go out, look at all the different manufacturers of products, go through a review process. It's very important on most of our products that we're price competitive because there is a price competitive part of our business and we can't drive prices up just to get, quote, a better product. Uh, So the price is very important. And on many products, what I'll do is if we're using something that's okay for us, instead of going in and looking at all the detail of all the products, I'll meet with the manufacturers and run through a process to get pricing first. Okay. After we get pricing, if it looks like it might work, then we'll go back and say, hey, let's talk about quoted product, your distribution process, all that stuff to make sure everything would work. Because many times we'll go through and product review, look at quality, look at installation process, look at distribution, how that all works. And we work down to it and then we get priced and say, geez, it's not even close. Okay. So <laughs> why, why spend the effort why if you know? Yeah. Uh, if we know price is going to be one of the huge determining factors, Let's look at that first and see if it even makes sense. Okay. Uh, was talking to a guy the other day. He said, oh, I know I can save you money. Well, I said, okay, shoot me a price before I look at your product. He was 15% higher than what I'm paying. So <laughs> why would we do it first? Okay, so 
<laughs> so, so it's important to have a quality product, but again, we have to hit that price point on most things in order to keep our sales prices down so we sell houses. So we, we take a look at that price pretty early in the process. Tom, can you talk to us a little bit about the types of homes that you build and how many of them and like where they are in the U.S.? Just give us a little bit of a breakdown of what those homes look like and where they are. Yeah, the number of homes we build is around 500. We build in the states of Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Michigan. So we're a regional builder. We're an on-your-lot builder. We don't own any land. We don't do any land development. So our customers will come to us and they own the land. And we build the house for them, sort of like a general contractor would in the commercial environment versus a developer. With that, our customers really want to customize those houses. One of our big competitors are custom home builders. So we start with, I think we have 45 plans, like that, something like that now. And we customize from there. So they come in, we get them, find out why they're looking for a house, what they're looking for. We we get them hooked up in a house and then we customize everything. We'll move walls out, we change roof pitches, basically do anything they want to do. And our average sales price is like 250000 something like that, without land or land development. Because the development of the land, driveways, sewer connections, all that are very different on your lot because we might have a one acre lot we might have a 500 acre lot so all those things change so we uh, work closely with the customer and let them do that contract those items to keep their cost down so you know what type of home you're looking for when someone comes to you like you have a very specific niche that you're trying to fall within yeah well some customers come in looking just think we're a builder doing subdivision work but really we help them then find the land to build that house on and like I said, they're, most of them have already decided they want to live outside of a subdivision environment. So they are very customized minded. They also work with custom builders, small custom builders, and those guys will do anything they want. So we approach the market the same way. We will customize anything they want to do, but we run it under production builder type systems. How much complexity does it add to your process, Tom, that you as a larger builder are also customizing homes on a one-by-one basis? Oh, it, it's huge. Um, <laughs> we, each plan we run through our CAD department at least three times. We sign a contract with the customer. We run it through CAD, present to the customer. They review it. There's always things that we didn't quite interpret what they're looking for. So we run it back through again and then uh, make the final changes. And if there's enough change, we'll run back to them. You know, we'll go back and forth. So there's going to be times where the customer's looking to plan maybe five or six times with the complexity of the house and CAD has to make adjustments every time to get that. So then once the prints are really defined well, then we run it through our estimating department so we can do detailed POs. We learned a lot of our systems back many, many years ago when we were a production type builder and implemented POs and scheduling all those things. And we just continue doing that as we became more customized. Custom is awesome, but it, it takes time, man. Yeah. And amount of customization being on a scattered site our field managers are not on the job all the time. So our trades have to go out and they have to know what they need to do when they show up. They can't have any questions. So we're very system oriented to make sure all those questions are answered before the trades get out there because our people are not going to be available to answer it on the job site. That's interesting. Wow. Got to have a lot of stuff set up to keep that ball rolling. Yeah. It's, it's very detailed and we spend a lot of time making sure it's right. If we do it up front, then we don't have the variance on the backside. So, Tom, how many times are you getting approached by new manufacturers you don't currently work with to consider their products in your homes? Weekly. <laughs> weekly. So, how many times a week? 
if you had to guess, just like on average? If I had to guess on a new product we're not using, I would say probably once a week. I guess this is an interesting way to approach this question from your standpoint. What is the best way for a manufacturer to approach a builder? There's probably a bunch of different things that you're thinking about that maybe they don't know you're thinking about. Like, what are those things that you look for in a manufacturer and what are the best ways to approach a builder of your size? Yeah, I make it very hard to get to me, <laughs> uh, which means it's also, I might not be able to see some new products out there as quick as maybe we should. Really, the best way to do is through a current relationship. If you have a product that would go through a lumber yard, go to the lumber yard and get our contact at the lumber yard, convince them about the product to bring to us, okay? Or find out someone that I know and convince them that's a good product and do an introduction for us because if it's someone I know and trust, then I know they believe in the product or at least know about it, know that the manufacturer supports it, that kind of thing, and get in and talk to me about it. So it's all about who you know. It's all about relationship. It's a relationship business. It's who you know. If you cold call me, you know, walk in the front door, I don't take cold calls because it takes too much time to do that. I guess the flip side of that, and maybe you just answered it, Tom, but when you get those solicitations or emails from manufacturers looking for their product to be put into your home or considered, what's the red flag where you're like out of the gate, there's just no chance I'm not giving these guys the time of day? I love it when they say, well, we're not the lowest price product, but we have a high quality and high value. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what front you're telling me you're not going to be price competitive, so why should we talk, okay? Or tell me, you know, if I have a product I'm currently using that we're happy with, we're happy with the quality, don't try to sell me on a better quality because my customers won't see it. And I, I really shouldn't be putting things in our houses unless the customer sees it as a quality they pay for. You know, they might not know about it, okay, because they expect a window to keep out water and air. And if it doesn't, then we get service calls. But if I have a window doing that now, can your window really do it any better? Okay. So, and if it does, maybe it's uh, built a little different. Do I really need that? You know, maybe you need to build a more competitive product uh, that would work in our portfolio. Without naming any names, Tom, could you give examples of the biggest mistakes you see people make when trying to reach out to you? I know you mentioned cold calling and emailing, but are there any like huge issues that you see that people have made in the past and trying to approach and work with Wayne Holmes? Gosh, one that happens all the time is researches. Okay. There's one case that always comes to mind. I knew this guy, he worked in a manufacturer, he changed manufacturers and again, relationships. So if I know someone, the manufacturer, we worked with them in the past, they go to work for someone else, that happens a lot. They can typically get in to see me pretty quick, okay? Because I keep that relationship going. He came in, told me about the new product. And I said, well, do you know what we do? He goes, no, won't you tell me? Okay, when you drove to my office, there's a house under construction right down the street of ours that you could have stopped and saw at the rough framing stage how we use your product. And he had no clue. And not been to our website. Manufacturers, they'll come in and say, well, we know how builders work. No, you don't. Every builder is different. So what's fun is they'll, they'll do a presentation and how they're different from other manufacturers. And then when you get to builders, they say, well, all builders are the same. No, we're not. Okay. Do some research. I get tired of manufacturers coming in. They ask about the company. And first thing they want to know is how many divisions we have, where we build. And I've started to add they've been to our website. And if they say no, should I really spend time with them? If you don't have time to research, you know, chances are you got to my, my office a little early to make sure you're on time. You could have hit our website while you're sitting in the parking lot. Okay. So spend some time doing some research and finding out about it. So when you come in, 
you're not wasting our, both our times by doing the things you could have found on the website. Just like I, uh, what I do, if I know I have a ma- new manufacturer coming in to talk about something, I'm on their website. I'm doing searches on their product. I let them know that I've, I've looked at the product. I have some concerns, you know, what I found out about it. Just, just so I know starting out where things are at, what's going on. I think one of the big things is do your research. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do your research. And when you come in, know what you're going to present, how it's going to work and how it will benefit us. And it's important for manufacturers to know too, Tom, that you're on their site researching their products. So when you're on their site, what are the types of things that you're looking for? I don't want to get too specific because I'm sure that there's specific features or benefits that you're looking for when you're researching specific products. But what type of information, maybe it's imagery, video, case studies, are you hoping to find when you get to their website that makes you feel more confident to continue the conversation? It is. So if there's a lot of color selections, I'll be out there looking to see what kind of selections that they have, what different levels of products there are. And if it's more of a structural type product, I look for support on how it's installed, any reports we can use to help with building departments. I always go to their about page to find out what their company's all about, where they're located. It's really, really tough to find out where manufacturer plants are at. It's something I wish there was on their websites. So I can, you know, I go out and I, I look at a shingle manufacturer and, you know, it's, very costly to ship shingles around the country. The way I look at it, the more information we get to manufacturers, when they walk in my door, we can be much more efficient. We don't spend all this overhead time figuring out what each other's about before we can dig right in and look at it. You can just send them this podcast from now on, Tom. Oh. Just check. Here are the things that you need to do before you show up in my office. If you don't look at my website, don't even bother. Oh, I, I've, I've been doing that. I'm not sure if you consider him a competitor, Bradley Hartman. I don't know if you know him. I don't know him. Do you know him, Zach? I know Bradley. No, he's not a competitor. He's a really good guy, though. Yeah. He wrote a book called Behind Your Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a purchasing manager with Pulte, and he wrote the Behind Your Back book and basically tells almost what these things are saying, okay? When I read his book, it's like, wow, that's what I've been saying for years. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have wrote the book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there are many salespeople that I will recommend buy the book and read it because it. It really, if they could do half of what's in there, it would save everyone so much time. It would be so much easier for them to do sales to a home builder and so much easier for me to work with them. So I actually recommended it to a guy yesterday. The guy that told me that he could save me 15% on or save me money on a product and he comes in with a price 15% higher. I said, hey, read the book. <laughs> that one thing, don't tell me. Save me money because you don't know what to pay for it. Also, at the point, I told him, I said, if you can save me money, it's not, I'm not doing my job. Was in my job to get money for the company. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's an interesting approach. I bet manufacturers you wouldn't normally think about it that way. No, they come in and say we'll save you money. Well, you might save with the last builder, but you don't know how I do my job. If you come in and say you can save me a bunch of money, I must not be doing my job. Especially if you tell my boss. You know, I had a guy one time I went seeing because I looked at his product before and said it won't work, and he went to my boss and said, "Hey, I know I can save you money, and Tom won't talk to me." Like, okay, you really think I'm going to now? That's why my boss told him, said, hey, he must have figured it out. He can't talk to me. And, you know, we figured, hey, it's not going to save us money. So, you know, you think I'll talk to him again, no matter where he's at? Probably not. And the building materials industry, is a, it's a small world. Very small, yeah. One of the things manufacturers are struggling with uh, right now as we're doing this recovery is a lot of turnover. And, you know, it's relationship business. So manufacturer will hire someone that has great relationship with builders. And the one they left, now is out. It's out. 
Okay. Mm. I have one manufacturer we work with right now. Their uh, national builder manager left, gosh, probably three years ago now. Uh, I'm talking to that guy with the new manufacturer he went to about their product. But in the meantime, they haven't had a builder rep. And I've been going three years, and finally they hired one last month. And I got a meeting set with him at IBS to start the relationship again. And during those three years, I've had local representation, but that's not the same as on a national builder or regional builder account manager. Uh, that works because they understand more what we need as a builder than the local guy does. What's really bad is I'll get notification from a, a manufacturer's builder rep that I know saying, hey, I'm at a new company now. Well, the old company never told me who the new guy is. Oh, man. So, you know, you, you've got this account. you got a great relationship. And so now the guy had a relationship went somewhere else, especially if it's a competitor, okay? And you never made contact with me to say, this change has happened. Here's what we're going to do to support you during the process. Okay. So it's like, gosh, they dropped the ball. So, and that shouldn't be a hard process to do. You should have who all the people are. Shouldn't be just with the guy that left. Okay. The company should know who the builders are, who the purchasing people are. That way, when that transition happens, you can reach out real quick and say, hey, so, so and so left, but here's a new guy. Here's a new person to talk to. Or, you know, here's a local person you can deal with until we work in and filled in this builder rep that we have. And uh, there's so many times uh, relationships between, Wayne Holmes and the manufacturers hurt because that transition is not handled very well. That's huge. You know, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, Tom, what you're saying is if a manufacturer wants to work with a builder, it really starts and ends with doing the small stuff right. You know, as simple as like doing your research and then understanding what value you're really looking for. So it's not always about price and it's not always about quality. It's about understanding what type of problems and issues that you're running into. And then if there's opportunity for that manufacturer to support that and not overselling in the process, am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's understanding the process, understanding what our needs are. As a manufacturer, if they went out and talked to some of our sales reps that we have at the local supply houses or our labor guys, they could find out some issues we're having. And that that's great when they come in and say, hey, I was talking to so-and-so. And this is what's going on in the field. Is that right? And I can verify that. And he says, here, so I have a solution for you to help you with that problem. And here's how we can implement it. Those are great conversations because he's bringing it forward saying, hey, I've already researched. I know what's going on. And here's the solution we have. That's when you're going to listen, right? That, yep. That's when I'm going to listen. You've already done your research. You know about us. You know what's going on out in the field. And you can help solve my problem and use your time to figure that out, not me figuring it out. So, Tom, let's just keep this story going. We've talked about what it takes for someone to or for you to feel confident having a conversation with a manufacturer whose product you're unfamiliar with. So let's play out the scenario where this manufacturer, they've gone through the right channels. You have booked a meeting. They've checked that first box where you're sure they've looked at your website and have at least some foundational knowledge about who Wayne Holmes is. What are the things that you're looking for during those meetings that would make you feel confident to move forward or try out their product in one of the homes that you're building? Yeah, we would talk about price, of course. Okay, where they're going to fall price-wise. And they can't always tell me because it's going through distribution, but they have an idea. And one to tell me they don't, I don't believe that. Give me an idea of where it falls, okay? Give me a range, okay? But then as we get through that, then we can talk about how they get the product to the job site. With us doing scattered site, it's hard for us to get product there sometimes. So it's just not a subdivision. We come to have uh, five or six houses being built there. So the distribution process is very important. 
And let's talk about how our companies will relate to each other. You know, how, how do you handle customer support when there's an issue out there? That's very important because our customer satisfaction, we need to keep it really high because we build in small communities and word of mouth is very strong for us. So we got to make sure the customer stays happy. So we're looking at how you're going to service the product after we install it, if, if there's an issue happens. And also, what kind of relationship can we build? Are they interested on having a relationship with the builder or do they want to push it through distribution and just maintain that uh, relationship through distribution? Because manufacturer can do more things for us many times than distribution can do. Okay, And on a personal level, how do I relate to the person we're going to work with? You know, Manufacturer comes in, sometimes we'll get a national builder manager coming in and we'll talk to him. It's like, okay, but once we put this together, I won't see you, but once a year at IBS. So who am I going to deal with day-to-day or month-to-month that's going to service our account from the manufacturer's point? And we really need to bring them in on the front side because they're the relationship we're going to have, not the national guy. Okay? He's a, the regional guy is the one going to take care of us and make things happen. So I want to um, him up front. want to make sure he's uh, going to communicate the way he needs to. You know, that uh, if he gets an email, he's not going to delay, delay for days before he even responds to an email. And we're going to have, I always do it. We always have a candid upfront conversation. I'm going to be candid. I'm going to tell you where you're doing good and where we're not doing so good, what we need. And it's not an attack on you, but it's a good way to communicate because we get through all the BS and figure out the problems and get solutions to those. The thing you said there a minute ago, Tom, I think it's so critical that maybe a lot of manufacturers don't understand is that it's not only your reputation with that individual homeowner that you're trying to build a house for, it's your reputation for future businesses, the 500 homes you're going to build next year. So that's why it appears like that's why that relationship is so critical because you've got to be able to lean on people to know that they're going to deliver for you or that's going to impact your name in the markets that you exist in. Yes. And it's also decisions that make impact our suppliers. Say we go to a new window manufacturer and we get into it, we find out that instead of running a 99.9% accurate fill rate on orders, they're running 95%. Now, 5% of my jobs, my supplier has to make a second trip to out, out to our jobs. As soon as they make a second trip, they're losing money on, on, on that job. So my suppliers are now coming back saying, hey, we, we switched this window or whatever product. And now I'm making an extra trip. You're costing me money. We have to raise our price in order to service you with this because of all the extra cost. I've got to balance. I got to keep everybody happy. I got to keep our sales and marketing people happy. I got to keep our customers happy with the end product. I got to keep our suppliers and installers happy. So we got to make sure the product works in all the avenues. And when the manufacturer comes in and says they're doing a 99% fill rate, accurate fill rate on orders, you better be having that because uh, it's going to really affect us if you don't. That's really interesting. So, Tom, where do you see the industry headed the next three to five years? Where we are right now, and you know, as a home builder, is very different than where we were even ten years ago. How are you trying to stay ahead of these shifts, and what are those shifts that you see that are happening? There is a labor issue out there. Everyone's talking about the labor issue, and we do need to solve that. We need to find products that are installed easier and quicker. Some that maybe take away some the skill level that we have to have in the field, so we can move that skill level down a little bit on the installs. So we get more people quicker into the industry. Manufacturers, we look for them. And builders have to do our part too. But how can we work together to get more people in the industry? Because we're always going to need someone to install that furnace and, and do the technical support on that furnace, okay? What are we doing as an industry to get more people into that? And I really see that's a challenge going forward is 
as we increase natural production rates, we're way down from what we were back in 2006 and 7. But if we start moving up to those type of numbers, what are we going to do about getting these houses built? We need the labor out there to do it. So I think that's a real challenge in the next five years is make sure we solve the labor issue we have now and um, make it better going forward, get more people in the industry. And that's a great answer. So Tom, what haven't we asked you that we should ask you? Like, I mean, I feel like you are just a wealth of knowledge yeah. for manufacturers who want to grow their business with builders. What other information do you think would be valuable for building material manufacturers to know if they want to grow their book of business with residential builders like Wayne Homes? Yeah. Let's start out a little bit more about my background. I didn't think to tell you. Wayne Homes, when I started with Wayne Homes uh, 32 years ago, uh, we're a private builder. That went on for many years, and I forget the exact date now, but we actually became a division of Centex Homes, one of the large national production-type builders. Uh, they brought us in as the on-your-lot experts to expand on that market. When the downturn hit, they weren't going to sustain our division. They were going to close us down, so we had a couple of people come back and buy the company back, and we went private again. So I've been doing the purchasing side on a from a private, smaller company standpoint. I was involved heavily in the production high volume builder with Centex and then back to the private company again. So a lot of knowledge I'm bringing you comes from all those different avenues happen to be with the same company. Okay. But just different involvements. So one thing manufacturers need to know is every builder is different. Okay. Now every purchasing manager is different. Okay. How are you going to sell me a product when we're part of the large corporate builder, the purchasing manager, at one point, when I was with Centex, purchasing manager was bonus on the rebates they received. Well, if I'm going to get bonus on rebates, I'm going to work with you to raise my, not really raise, that's not ethical, but keep your acquisition price higher and give me more on the rebate side. But there's issues with that. Okay. So how is the purchasing manager, what's important to them, what's important to the company? Okay. Where I'm at now, I'm actually a partner with Wayne Holmes. So it's important for me to drive profits. And it should be for all purchasing managers. So I'm more compensated on profits with the company than anything else. So maybe I spend time on finding an option product that we can sell and sell quite a few of with a higher margin on it so we can drive higher profits for the company versus trying to go to a product that I can lower and save 3 or 4% because I went to another product. Okay. So really, you got to find out what's driving the decision within the uh, builder and with that purchasing manager, what's important to them, and address those issues. And don't go around the purchasing manager. Purchasing manager cuts you down. Don't go to the boss and say, hey, not doing his job. Also, don't go to the marketing group unless you tell me you're going to. Don't go to the marketing group and say, hey, you guys really ought to be selling this product. Okay, Let me know you're going to do that so I can work with them and, and let them understand where I'm at with it and what's happening with it. Okay, You don't want to burn a bridge because, again, this industry is so small. People remember things for a long time. Don't burn a bridge. Really focus on what each builder and each purchasing manager needs to solve our problems we have. I think that was awesome, Tom. I think it's really important what you're saying about building relationships really one-to-one. There are certainly commonalities between builders, commonalities between key focuses of purchasing managers. But at the end of the day, we say this a lot here, that you're dealing with people So you're Tom, you're an individual, so you are a purchasing manager, but you also have preferences and things that apply to you specifically and apply to you because you work for Wade Homes and because of the region that you're in. And you can't just bundle everybody all together. Exactly. Everyone's different. Exactly. Like I said earlier, I love the manufacturers say, but we're different than the other guys. 
but you guys are all the same. (laughs) (laughs) One more question for you, Tom, if that's okay. And I would really just like to go back and chat a little bit more about price. We work with manufacturers. We obviously hear them say a lot, well, you know, we don't negotiate based on price or we don't hang our hat on price. We know that we're not, you know, the least expensive so I just want, I want to know from you, I, I think that I totally understand the strategy of going like, let's talk price first, because even if you check all of the other boxes and you're 40 times higher than what we had scoped for, it doesn't matter. So that makes sense to me. But I just want to know how much does it come down to price when you're weighing out, this is a key feature that homeowners really want, or it's going to do something else like lower utility cost, increase the life cycle of the home. There's a couple of other things I could mention. It has high quality, it's high, it's a highly visible product or, you know, on and on and on. Where does price like really come? Is it really number one? Like if you don't have a good price, you just can't get in the door. I'm always going to choose the cheapest one. Or I just kind of want to hear your thoughts around that a little bit more if, if you don't mind. Yeah, that one sucks because every, every product is different. If we look at a commodity type product, price is very, very important. Okay, if I can buy from another manufacturer a product that looks the same, acts the same, has the same quality, why wouldn't I look at price? Okay, but I might be looking at a product that maybe we, we looked at quartz countertops not long ago. Came out that price was going to be in the same ballpark for the majority of them that we're looking at. The decision was made on the color palette. Mm-hmm. Brought our marketing and salespeople in and say, which one will sell the most? And they looked at it and said, this one. That's where mm-hmm. we went. Okay. So something like that, that's an option. So we would pay a little bit more for it if we can sell more of it. Because then again, driving more profit. Each product's different. And that's where the manufacturer needs to understand our business on what do we need? Where is it going to fit? And again, if you come in with a product that I'm looking at that I'm happy with what I'm using, why would I change for a higher price product that maybe has higher quality. So even though it has higher quality and higher price, it might not be the best value for Wayne Homes and our customers. At the same time, if I'm having an issue with a product and I find one that's going to solve our problem and it's a little bit higher price, then it actually adds value because I'm going to pay a higher price if I'm going to get rid of a problem I have. Okay? So really, it's, it's a whole bunch of things out there. So if, you know, if, we're, if there's a product that I'm having trouble with, we might not look at price right away. We might be talking about, hey, what's the quality? What's the distribution? You know, how are you going to handle this issue different than what I have now? Then let's look at price. Make sure it's going to fit. Every product's different. Every builder's different. What's your experience right now? Okay. There's several products out there. There's so many products that are commodities. I had uh, one product. I know the sales rep very well. I've known him for 20 years. And he wanted me to spec their product. I said, if I spec your product, my, it's a commodity. My price is going to go up because my supplier uses another brand mm. and they're going to stock two brands. So my price goes up. So why would I do that? And didn't have a good answer besides uh, I like you. We like you, It's worth a shot, guy. It's worth a shot. I-, I like you, but I don't like you enough to lose money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes, he goes, we like each other. And I said, well, well, then you're going to pick up commission. He goes, yeah, I'll make more money. It's like, but I won't. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, you know, so we got to have a, have a negotiation here and uh, we're not going to use your product. Convince what I told them to do, go back to our supplier and convince them to use your products exclusively versus the other guy. Smart. 
at this point, who's his customer? His customer is really that supplier that's stacking the products that they're going to install in our houses because to us, whether you use one of the four manufacturers of this product, it doesn't matter what. According to us, they're all the same. So now you have to go back a step and how is that supplier, how is he buying it? What support does he get from the manufacturer? How easy is it to install all those things, convince him to use it, and we're okay with whatever, whatever product they use. Tom, I know that you said you make it really difficult for people to get a hold of you, but what's the best way for somebody who's listening to get in touch with you if they're interested in reaching out? Honestly, the best way for a supplier or a manufacturer to get a hold of me, it shows that you've been to my website. Go to our website and find, they'll have to search for it, find out where to go to submit an application, become a trade partner with Wayne Holmes. I reply to 100% of those. If I don't want to talk to you, I will let you know why. Okay. If you call me, chances are, if it's a cold call from manufacturer, I don't know, maybe 10% will get a call back. Okay. If you walk in the door, unless I'm walking past the front desk when you're standing there asking for me and the receptionist looks at me, you probably won't get to talk to me. Okay. But if they go to our website, again, get to our website, look at it, do a little bit of research, then fill out the trade partner application form. They will get a reply from me. That's great. Well, awesome, Tom. Thank you again so much for joining us today. If you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikolov. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.